give a quick lecture, maybe, on uh, conversion disorder. Funny, funny. Okay. Conversion disorders. It's a very intriguing subject. I'm sure. Has anybody seen a conversion disorder here? Yeah. Here, all in the ER, or was it in inpatient more? ER. Now, were they diagnosed with a conversion disorder, or were you just thinking they had a conversion disorder? You should never really diagnose conversion disorder in the ER unless they've had a complete psych workup and all their organic complaints have been ruled out. Okay, imagine 16-year-old female uh, admitted to the PICU, and this is your second rotation as a third-year medical student, like I was. Uh, this was at Mercy, and the, the girl rolls in. She's 16. She rolls into the room, and the doctor tells me, uh, the intensivist tells me to go in there and, and do an assessment on the patient. So I go in there, you know, and she's talking. She's, you know, she looks, she's alert, awake, appropriate. Vital signs are all normal, so I'm not too worried. Uh, you know, listen, do the whole, whole nine yards as a third-year medical student. And um, I get to doing the neuro exam. And her upper extremities are equal by lat. Reflexes are equal by lat. Um, get down to the lower extremities, and uh, she can't move her left leg at all. Can't move her left leg. Her right leg, she can move. I'm like, this is kind of weird. Uh, try to I, uh, do uh, the Babinski reflex. That's, uh, that's negative uh, on the left um, and the right. Uh, reflexes are intact to the patella and... and Achilles uh, bilateral. Then I check sensation. Sensation is patchy on the left, uh, patchy on the right. So I'm thinking, all right, she was in a motor vehicle accident, which I didn't tell you. She was thrown from the car about 20 feet. She was a driver, thrown about 20 feet, found in the ditch. Um, and so now I have the 16-year-old female, everything normal, except she has loss of function in the left leg. Um, thigh down, uh, patchy sensation loss on the left side, and patchy sensation on the right side of her ex lower extremities. I run out to the intensivist and I say, we need to start, uh, we need to start Cymedrol. We, you know, this, she's got spinal cord injury, you know, something's going on. And uh, she's like, well, let's just settle down. And, um, and she shows me an article, because I think she had already seen the patient down the ER. She shows me an article that how Pinozones are steroids are not really helpful in spinal cord injuries if this was a spinal cord injury. So we progressed, didn't really do much yet. Um, for the next day, we just kind of watched her and she didn't really improve. And uh, signs and symptoms of her sensation loss kind of changed from area to area. We marked it and it kind of changed. And, and then we took the Foley catheter out and she was. She was continent. She was able to urinate. She didn't have saddle anesthesia. So really, we were able to focus in on this just was not consistent with a known neurological deficit that she had. So that led us to believe that maybe she had some type of conversion disorder or somatoform disorder. And uh, so we got psych involved. And um, I'll talk about this case as we go on. Of a boring lecture, so I put in some pictures. I went to Europe this year, or before I came to residency, and this is a picture of uh, La, Sa uh, La Familia Sagrada uh, and Antony Gotti from uh, Spain, very very popular architect there, early 1900s, late 1800s, uh, designed this. It's huge, 
it took him his whole life to build, and it's still not finished. They still uh, predict that it'll be finished in 2026, but he started doing it in 1856. So it's taken that long, and it's, they're still working on it. All right, so what is a conversion disorder? It's classified as a somatoform disorder. Uh, it's a psychological illness uh, that has pain that is really felt, that is sensed by the patient. The patient can feel this pain or this uh, disorder or this paralysis. They actually feel that it's true. Um, it's uh, coming from any known organic uh, lesion or disorder. And it's classified with uh, hypochondriasis, uh, body dysmorphic disease, or just a pain disorder. Um, DSM-4 definition, you can't get away from this. It's uh, the change or loss of a physical function suggesting a physical disorder. Uh, recent stress, it's unconsciously produced. So you can't tell the patient, you know, you, they just, you can't reason with them. They actually think they have this problem. They think they have this pain. They think they have this paralysis, this blindness. They, you just can't reason with them. Um, the symptoms are, are not explained by anything. Uh, so CT scan, chest x-ray, whatever you do, whatever type of test you run, it, you do not show any type of etiology for their symptoms. And uh, the symptom is not limited to, to pain or sexual dysfunction. I guess if you just have a sexual dysfunction, you're just, you better go see Dr. Ruth or something. It's not a conversion disorder. <laughs> go get some Viagra. All right. First, you have a stressor. And let's see if this works. First, you have a stressor, pathophysiology. Symptoms are maladaptive are, uh, to the response of the stress. Uh, there's a primary gain and secondary gain involved, which means that the primary gain, um, you're trying to avoid the situation. So with my example with the patient that I had, uh, she didn't want to confront the idea that she just ruined her dad's car, her own car, and she was thrown 20 feet, and um, you know that she's just trying to avoid these feelings. Secondary gain is to go, you know what, I'm laying in bed, I'm in deep crap, I'm in, you know, I'm in real big trouble, um, I'm gonna, I have this problem, and now I'm gonna have this secondary gain of uh, support, doctors, nurses, hospital, also family members. So you get the social support and that's what the secondary gain is all about. Uh, this right here is uh, a hospital in Madrid, I'm sorry, Barcelona. And th yeah, that's a hospital, it's still functioning. That's where the rich people go. And there's actually a pauper hospital uh, where all the normal people go and it has, doesn't look like this at all. It's a really nice hospital. Uh, epidemiology, females uh, greater than males. Uh, in adolescence, it's one-to-one -one ratio. In adulthood, uh, it's a four-to-one ratio of female to male. Um, it's most common in adolescence, early childhood, or early adulthood. Uh, this is what I thought was very interesting. Most prevalent in rural, low socioeconomic uh, areas, and less educated areas or populations. Less educated populations. You know, I thought about it, and I mean, that's kind of is some of our population that we serve here. So keep that in mind. Um, predisposing factors, pretty much any type of psych issue, depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, uh, borderline, you name it, is predisposes them to have a conversion disorder. Um, 
symptoms tend to be one problem, uh, motory over sensory. In my case, it was neither of those. It was symptoms and it was motory and sensory. Uh, classic symptoms, paralysis, seizures, blindness, and gait disturbance. And uh, this la belle difference, and indifference, however you want to pronounce it, I'm not French, but um, <laughs> it was actually one of the classic uh, diagnostic criteria for conversion disorder because uh, people just be indifference of their problem. You know, they couldn't see and they just wouldn't be worried about it. Ah, you know, I can't see. Um, but actually, that is not the case. They have found out that people are very concerned about their problems and um, are worried about it. Um, so this really isn't a part of it anymore. And here's some more pictures. Uh, this is Anthony Gotti. Uh, this is his park. He built this park in uh, 100. And um, it's just, it's the most amazing park I've ever been to. You can see the, how we designed it. Absolutely amazing. Okay, uh, diagnosis, you must rule out any organic pathology. We've already touched on that. I have to keep high index for, um, for the uh, processes. They could be the mimickers of, of something bad going on and you can't really tell. So just keep, keep that in the back of your mind. Never, never consider this to be a conversion disorder at all from the beginning. And there's another picture um, at the park, Parc de Guerre. Uh, diagnosis, uh, order all the necessary tests um, to rule out po the possible etiology. Um, <laughs> Line, right? Unnecessary, painful, or invasive testing result and reinforcement of symptoms should be avoided if possible. And that ran through my mind as when I was seeing this patient. I'm like, let's do all these tests and let's just, you know, let's just do something that's going to really you know, make her get up. Let's stand her up and then just, you know, but that's that <laughs> is not the way to go in these situations. Uh, that will just uh, antagonize the problem and, and make it worse. So you really have to treat these people with compassion empathy and um, and not tell them that their disease is nothing that this isn't that they're faking uh, you really shouldn't go about it that way you should use reinforcement of, of normal vital signs reinforcement of your tests and uh, gen and just gentle reinforcement altogether uh, physical exam here's some interesting ones uh, the drop test which I thought was kind of cool if somebody's having of their arm, they Tim Nally says you can put their arm right here and then drop it on top of their head. And if they're fake, they're going to drop their hand, you know, so it doesn't hit their head. If they're not, it'll actually hit their head. Uh, the Hoover test, I have a picture of. Uh, the gray test <coughs> is an abdominal. Uh, when you're doing an abdominal exam on somebody and they're complaining of paralysis, uh, if they have an organic problem, have some known, if they have something going on in their belly, they're going to be looking at your hand because they, they, they don't want causing them pain. So um, they're going to be grimacing when they see your hand go to their stomach. But if they don't, if they're faking, if they have a conversion disorder, they're going to, their eyes most likely will be away because they don't really care if you touch their stomach or not because it doesn't hurt them. Um, corneal reflex, 
that's going to be intact with, with fakers there with, with the conversion disorder. Um, abdominal musculature will be tightened with a seizure, uh, not so much with a pseudo-seizure. And pseudo-seizures will also come on when you're not there. You know, uh, these seizures will not be present or will be present when they have a seizure. Look for the signs of, of incontinence, uh, tongue biting, um, also or go along with the real seizures and not with the pseudo-seizures. Blindness, and I have some uh, YouTube stuff on this. The optokinetic drum produces a nystagmus with intact vision. Here's the Hoover test. I think we all know that, um, as it says, lack of pressure uh, to the, to the uh, hind leg there, um, to the calcaneus, is suggestive that the attempt to raise the leg was not genuine. All right, and there's something called the Bell's Phenomenon. And, and uh, who is the faker? And uh, someone's uh, pretending to be in a coma. Uh, so who do you think? Someone's in the coma. What eyes see the patient with a coma? Left or right? I'll give it up. <laughs> the left. The left is the patient with the with the coma. The one in the right is someone that's faking it. If you open their eyes and they have, a, and they're faking being in a coma, their their pupils will deviate upwards and not stare straight ahead. Now this is the yeah <laughs> yeah this is the optokinetic um and I think this would cause nystagmus in anybody. Well, it would not ca cause nystagmus in a no, in a no intact person. I'm getting nystagmus right now, just staring at it. <laughs> this one's kind of cool, too. Boy, they put everything on YouTube, I tell you. All right. You can see her nystagmus there. All right, here is, uh, here's Barcelona. They love pork there. And this is just a pork leg that they have cured. And uh, you could, they slice off grams of it, and they sell it to you. Uh, in grams, and it's pretty like a whole hand, uh, pig leg is expensive. You can get uh, 180 euros one leg, so that's well over uh, you know 250, 300 dollars, depending on what the conversion rate is right now. All right, treatment pre-hospital, uh, pre-hospital EMS. You got to treat these people as if they do have an organic disease. Same thing with the emergency department. You have to treat it as if they are uh, having a real disease and you pretty much um, to really, really diagnose conversion disorder you need to have uh, psych involved and you need and if you suspect it you need to get follow you need to get them to have follow a uh, follow-up care which is uh, key, very key uh, to their uh, treatment psychotherapy has had best success however no definitive therapy is has been shown to work better than uh, other treatments include suggestive therapy, um, this problem in a very uh, empathetic and uh, not taunting voice, but, you know, concerned voice, you know, I feel that this is going to, you know, these symptoms will resolve, Your vital signs are normal, uh, the tests that we conducted are, are norm, are, you know, we don't find any, any problems with tests, um, you know, suggestive therapy like that uh, has been proven, especially in children, to work well. Uh, hypnosis has also been something that has proven 
Um, but obviously we can't do that in the ER. Kind of cool if we could do that in the ER. Complications, uh, you can get some false positive with 4%. So, you know, even, even with a correct conversion disorder or, you know, you can still have a neurological uh, disease along with the conversion disorder or, you know, the, the conversion disorder is masking the neuro neurological disease. Uh, initial diagnosis of conversion disorder, like I said previous, without a neuro exam, appropriate imaging and other diagnostic testing should be discouraged. Prognosis, very wide range here, 15 to 75%. Factors associated with uh, positive outcomes, male gender, uh, acute onset of symptoms, good premorbid health, and absence of psych disorders. And uh, that's my cat, Rocco. Uh, and, uh, the patient that I had, she was, uh, we had her up in the wheelchair, she was doing physical therapy, and she was actually progressing to putting pressure on her left leg. The whole sensation, she had, she recovered complete sensation, but uh, she was discharged to uh, the peds floor and was able to use a walker to walk. So she was on her way to full recovery, just not as quickly as most patients do at her age. So any questions?